episode 22 of This One's For The Working Mama, bringing you the right type of distraction for your daily commute. Join in the movement of working moms who own their choice to work and strive to achieve a life of their soul and fire. Make a conscious effort to fill your daily drive with truth and wisdom that can abolish the working mom guilt for good and find community. I'm Katie Alexander, and this is your 8-Minute Devotion. Episode 22, The Rich and the Poor. Last week, we talked about the pursuit of wealth and the biblical view on it. This week, the Proverbs reading keeps us on that path, and we get to once more talk about money. When I wrote my book, This One's for the Working Mama, I never intended to talk about money. I do not consider myself a scholar on the topic, nor have I always made the wisest or most prudent financial decisions. A look through my credit card history and disposable spending might tell a story or paint a picture that says, I can be wasteful, I can be indulgent, and I can be materialistic. True, true, and true again. Guilty as charged. But the spending doesn't tell the whole story. There's also the giving, the saving, and the tithing. I was six chapters into writing the book when I started to feel oppressing to write about money. I didn't know where this chapter would go in the sequence of the story or what exactly God wanted to show me or teach me through it, but in obedience, I sat down to write. No outline, no theme, no idea really what it would look like when it was done, but an hour and 25 minutes later, somewhere over the South Pacific, I sat in an airplane seat, laptop in hand, and read what I had to say about money. It was hands down my favorite chapter and the one that had the least editing or revisions from its original form. What poured forth from my fingers that day, which was actually one year and one day ago, exactly, was a lot of lies about what the world says about money aligned with biblical truths about it. The biggest of the lies was that we shouldn't talk about money. I cite in the chapter that the Bible talks somewhere around 110 and 120 times about money, wealth, currency, etc., And today's reading in Proverbs draws us to some of those mentions. I think we need to talk about money, and I think we need to get real about some of the hang-ups people have. For starters, if you live in the United States of America, you are rich. According to a study done on global wealth in 2018, 1% of the world's population holds 47% of the global wealth. This statistic may make you jump to conclusions about the 1%, so before you go thinking about that neighbor with the fancy car and have to repent, let me share some more. According to the Global Rich List, a $32,400 annual income will easily place American school teachers, RNs, and other modestly salaried individuals among the global 1% of earners. While your rank on the wealth scale may drop significantly if you assess only U.S. earnings, The truth is, in this great big world we live in, we are rich, and there are so many that are poor. Does this seem unfair to you? Well, without getting too political, do you have a stirring in your soul that aches for the poor, confusing you, and it might even be causing you to feel the burn in 2020? Because a division of wealth and a redistribution might seem fair, right, or just? Well, this is an important part of the story where we need to jump in and stop hearing what Katie Alexander has to say about money, and let's start hearing what God does. Today we're going to read from Proverbs 22, verses 1 through 10. 
Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Blessed are those who are generous, because they feed the poor. I think the most important verse is verse 2. The rich and the poor have this in common. God made them both. If you've ever wondered if your position on the economic or social scale was by accident or chance, you can look no further than verse 2. It was part of God's divine plan to create some people to acquire great wealth and others to live in poverty. It doesn't mean that God loves one person less than the other and the measurement of his favor is not set in the bankroll. In fact, in our society, some of the least happy people, most prone to drug overduces and suicides, are the uber-successful, those with fame and fortune. While some of the most content, generous, and loving people I have ever met live in self-made huts in the slums of New Delhi, India. God made wealthy to employ the poor, and he made poor to work to provide for the economy and the needs of the wealthy. But God made them all in his image and each for a purpose. And because we are made by God and for God, we should see no rank or difference. We need to love each other freely and openly. And if you are rich or you are poor, the question is, what kind of rich person are you? Are you one who blesses the needy, lends to the poor, gives generously to the advancement of others? Or what kind of poor person are you? Are you hardworking? Are you loyal to your employer? Are you serving to others? And are you finding someone else to bless? Because no matter how poor you think you are, there is always someone with less. In verse 4 it said, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. The riches and wealth that comes from loving the Lord is so much greater than what you can deposit in a bank account. It is an abundant life waiting for you on the other side of this short existence on earth. It is an eternity where the streets are gold and all the houses are mansion, and if there are cars, they're all fancy. I have personally seen God do radical things in my finances. There have been seasons where we have had little, and seasons where we have been ritually blessed. In the blessings, it is hard not to find security in the have versus the have not. But promises like verse 4 remind me that the real riches will never compare to the material ones this world has to offer. And because of that, we don't hang on to money with a possessive claim that all we have is ours. We open it up for God to use and to show us where he would have it go. And sometimes, lots of times actually, he lets us indulge and maybe even spend it on ourselves. Thanks for following along on episode 22. As you reflect on your own financial state, hopefully the statistics shared can give you a new perspective on your riches and appreciation for a loving God 
who placed you exactly where he has called you for this season. Finish strong today and read through the rest of Proverbs 22. To be included in all the upcoming episodes, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you want, or give it a quick rating, which helps it be available to more mamas just like you. Stick with me as we continue with these 31 days in the Proverbs. You won't be disappointed. 